The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to a special Get to Know You episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. A few weeks back, I mentioned we have a new social media manager. His name is Skylar Fleming, and Skylar is absolutely awesome. So I invited him to come on the show to tell us his story, which he has got such a cool conversion story, and Skylar is just an all-around great guy. Uh, It's a little bit shorter than our regular episodes, uh, part of that being that Skylar is a very young guy. And his story is still being written. But I think Skylar is just the coolest, and I know you're going to think so too. So without any further ado, here is a Get to Know You episode with Skylar Fleming, the Latter-day Lives social media manager. And today on the Latter-day Lives podcast, if there's one thing that our audience loves, it's a good conversion story. And my guest today has a great conversion story, as well as a great relationship with the show. We're going to talk about all of that in a little bit. But for now, let's get to know our guest, Skylar Fleming. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. So glad to have you on. We'll tell uh, our backstory as to how we met uh, toward the end of the episode. But first of all, we got to get to know you. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in Roy, Utah, always lived in that area up around Ogden, never moved far away except to Logan to live with my wife while she was finishing school because I also just recently got married about a year ago. Mm -hmm. So been enjoying that. Uh, Marriage life is the best life. So, (laughs) but that's recently with me. But as you mentioned, I have a conversion story. We just passed five years on me being baptized. So Uh, I cannot wait to hear this because I've never actually heard your conversion story in all of our conversations. So let's talk a little bit about when you were younger. Obviously, since there's a conversion story, you weren't raised in the church. Tell us a little bit about uh, about your family that you did grow up with. Yeah, so my parents were great parents. My mom's side of the family, my great grandma on her side was a member and going back that way is pioneers and that whole fun stuff. And then it kind of skipped a few generations and then it came back around to me. And it all started when I was in fourth grade. Um, I actually met my friend that baptized me in fourth grade and we've been best friends ever since. So Mm. I've always, I always had a good family and really good friends around me that would invite me to young men's activities, played a lot of church ball. So there's missionary power in church ball. (laughs) (laughs) There is definitely missionary power. I've seen a lot of conversion coming through church ball. That's something you and I have in common is our great love of the NBA. We were going to record, we were going to record at a different time and then realized it was during the playoffs (laughs) and we both stepped out of that. So, um, so when you were growing up was, you know, you saw this friend of yours uh, as a member of the church, you had some family who were members of the church did you have any leanings toward the church during your younger years or was it more just, Hey, that's what my friends do. It was definitely more. That's what my friends do. I think in seventh grade, one of my friends from our friend group gave me a book of Mormon that I just kind of stowed away behind the back of my closet and never really read or anything like that. But the thought was always there, but it was just never something that I was interested in. Got it. Got it. What were you into growing up other than basketball? 
Oh, I was going to say basketball, but I like video games. I was a typical uh, kid that played a lot of Call of Duty and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and we should point out to our listeners that, uh, see, when I say, when I think of video games when I was a kid, I'm thinking about the Atari 2600. You're <laughs> quite a bit younger than I am. Uh, do you mind if we ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm only, I just turned 23 a month ago. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so when you say video games, it was pretty advanced stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So, going through high school, what were your high school years like? Yeah, high school is when the story starts to get interesting. Yeah. Um, I like to lead up to my conversion story with there was quite a few things in my life that happened all of a sudden. I lost my grandpa and then I lost my great grandma that I mentioned was a member and my parents went through a divorce all around the same time. I can't remember the specifics, but it was a quick like one, two, three sort of situation. And that's what kind of led up to my conversion. But my high school years were pretty typical, just going through the motions. Was that while you were in high school that all that happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, those are three major events. I remember when I lost my grandfather, uh, you know, I was pretty young and that rocked me enough, but seeing your parents get divorced, it, did it feel like kind of a lot of the stability under your feet was, was moving away? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely became a lot more independent after all of that stuff. And I like to joke with my friends that like after high school, they kind of raised me just because there was so much going on with my family, but my parents are great and I love them dearly, but it was always, I became a little bit more independent after that. And my friends helped me a lot. Sure. Where do you fall in your family sibling wise? I'm the oldest sibling. You're the oldest? Yeah. Out of two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's you and one other. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, and a lot of times when we go through those difficult times, that's when it does open us up to thinking, okay, mm -hmm. you know, the things that, that my safety nets, <laughs> some of them are not, not what they were before. I got to find some other safety nets. Was that kind of, did that lead you toward that path? Yeah. And my safety nets really became my friends. And then that kind of leads into them inviting me to more church activities and to camps and things like that. And, then it leads into my senior year, which is when the story really starts to get good. All right, let's hear it. So my senior year of high school, it's probably about October, I believe. We had just started our senior year, so we're all excited for that fun year. And my friends, I like to say they tricked me, but they told me there was a motivational speaker coming <laughs> to speak in the morning. And the motivational speaker was Hank Smith. Oh, so that, awesome. Yeah. A little unfair uh, to just say he's a motivational speaker, but it was a great time. Um, he talked about Jesus Christ, of course, which was just an interesting topic to me because I'd never gone into detail with it with my friends. I never even really like asked questions about it. It was just never on my radar. So that stirred up a lot of questions. And then that October, um, I started asking my friends like, well, what is this and this and just going into detail. And I remember being at work one day after high school and getting the strong prompting to that I should get baptized. And I was like, what the heck? I don't get baptized. That's not my thing. My family, what the heck? What will my family think? And all those thoughts started racing into my mind about like, my family won't like this. I'll be the only person in my family. So I think that was me scaring myself off of that. But it, it started in October with that fireside with Hank Smith in the morning. And then my friends uh, kind of let the questions die down, but they knew that I had interest there. And then we kept going through our senior year and come March, 
they said, oh, we have another motivational speaker coming. And I was like, oh, I know it this time it's going to be a, another church speaker. But I was like, I'll go because I remembered I had a great time with Hank Smith. And this motivational speaker was Al Fox, who's a convert to the church yeah. with a great story. Sure. So that that was also unfair to take this person who had been debating baptism to a convert's fireside. So she she told her wonderful story, and that just kept the questions coming. And one one girl I was talking to at that time, I think recognized it faster than my friends, and was like, "You need to meet with the missionaries." And then my friends were like, "Oh yeah, you should. Let's do it at <laughs> my place." So uh, I guess the flirt to convert thing comes into play a little bit, but. <laughs> But then my friends made sure to uh, pounce on the opportunity and help me meet the missionaries. And then from there, I I say I was a, one of the golden investigators that missionaries love to get because it was it was only about three and a half weeks since I once I met the missionaries to being baptized. And I mean, it's a story that, like I said, goes on from fourth grade and builds on friendship and everything. But it was quick once the missionaries got involved. Skylar, I think that is so awesome. So how much wrestling did you have to do with this whole idea? I mean, this is not, this is not a small change. This is major. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a major change in that October experience was a very large wrestle that ended up me just kind of putting the thought on the back burner. Cause I was worried, like I said, my grandpa had passed away. I was like, he wasn't really a fan of the church. So it made me wonder what will they think of me and just all these uh, thoughts that tried to suppress the prompting to get baptized. Um, it was, it was a great wrestle. And then once March came, March and April came around when I actually decided to get baptized, it was pretty smooth sailing. And I had set my mind on it once I had met with the missionaries. Wow. When you went and talked to your family, like when you talked to your mom and your dad, how did everybody react to it? Um, my grandma was really supportive. Uh, she had been religious, um, and believed in Christ and everything. So I told her and she's like, that's great. That's your decision. And I kind of joked with my friends. I was like, you guys have to come with me and to tell her that way she can't get mad at me if you're there. But she was <laughs> super supportive of it. My mom was supportive of it. Cause like I said, her grandma was a member. So yeah, the, the church was involved in our family just in a very, very little sense. So my yeah. family was supportive of it and there wasn't actually as much pushback as I had thought there was going to be. That's awesome. What were some of the things that surprised you when you became a member of the church? Was there anything that was foreign or that made you kind of go, gee, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't aware of that? Um, I think the fact that there was more to young men's than church ball. <laughs> like I had immediately started learning about the different priesthood quorums and stuff like that. And that kind of stuff doesn't really get mentioned outside the church unless you're trying to become involved in the church. So that whole idea of the priesthood was new to me and just fascinating and wonderful. And there was just little things in the church that I can't put a spot on it, but things like quorums and stuff like that, I just wasn't quite ready for. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. I love a good conversion story. All right. So now suddenly you're, you know, a member of the church. And I, I think, you know, I'm trying to imagine, you know, with me growing up in California, it was a little different, but you know, you weren't, uh, you weren't the only member of the church in your, in your high school, certainly in Roy, you know, no. there's a huge Latter-day Saint population. So I'm sure you had a lot of support there. You get done with high school. What came next? Yeah. Um, after high school, all my friends went on their missions, which was a great, my conversion was a great opportunity for them to get like a introduction to the mission because they yeah. all 
got to help teach me and be at my baptism and it was wonderful. And then they all went on their missions and a little while after they went on their missions, I had made the decision I wanted to serve a mission. Um, so I pushed through the year of waiting on that to, and I planned to go as soon as possible in the May following my baptism in April. And I had become super gung-ho on going, saw all the great stories from my friends. There was even one period in there where I went to the temple like every day that it was open for like 85 days in a row. So I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> you went to the temple 85 days in a yeah, row? Every, every Tuesday through Saturday, I would go. The, I would see the temple workers outside of the temple and they would recognize me. So that was fun to get to know them. Skyler, really that is phenomenal wow yeah it was it was a good time it brought me really close to the temple and family history so just going a lot was great boy when you say you were the golden like uh, (laughs) investigator yeah you didn't you didn't ease into the water you jumped in that's awesome (laughs) yeah no i went i went all into the gospel and that was what was great is during that year i was going to the temple a lot and going to conferences conference in salt lake and everything and then Come April again, a year after I got baptized, I was able to go through the temple with the same missionaries that taught me. So that was a great experience for all of us. And looking back on it now, I can understand the importance to it for them. But it was just a wonderful time to be able to go through the temple with the same elders that taught me right before the end of their missions. And then I was ready to go on mine in May of 2017. So, so now we're to a year after. I mean, this is so fast. You know, you're, you're up to a year after you've gone through the temple you're doing all these good things. What came next? Yeah, so I served my mission in Atlanta, Georgia. And I like to say this is where my conversion story really happens. Because my mission was a, a really rough time for me. And I learned a lot on my mission. Um, I went out very quickly at the end of May and loved the MTC. I was like, my mission's going to be great. I had a wonderful experience there. It was just great. Got to meet a lot of new people and have a great time with other people going on missions. And then I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and off to a great start for the first couple of days. And then something I just wasn't ready for, I had just a lot of deep depression, and I went into a really dark place on my mission, um, and I was shocked. I was like, why is this so hard? Um, my, It was so easy for me to get baptized. Like Everything seemed so smooth up to this point. I just didn't understand it. And I still don't fully to this day, but looking back on it, it was an experience that changed me a lot. But I went into a really depressed place. I was just sad on my mission. And I didn't, uh, what I ended up learning from my mission is how to rely on the Lord more. But I went out on my mission for a few weeks and I came back pretty quickly, about halfway through my first transfer. And then I spent about six weeks home. And then I like to joke that I didn't learn my lesson the first time I was out. So the Lord sent me back out a second time on my mission because <laughs> I was at the temple while I was home in between my first and second time out on my mission. And I saw someone I knew with, that was older than me with all their mission buddies and a recent convert in the temple. And I was like, wow, I want those experiences. So I was like, I'll go back out on my mission. And I felt good about going back out on my mission. And I went back out the second time and it was just as hard as the first mm. after like a week, I had remember telling my second companion, I was, he's like, what do you want to do in this first transfer? I was like, I just don't want to go home because I was so scared of that same place I was in the first time. Yeah. And I ended up realizing a lot about just being able to 
take things to the Lord and understand things better from an eternal perspective. And under, it was a lot of built up emotion and things that I had never fully um, overcome, especially around those three major events that I mentioned in high school. Sure. But yeah, it was, it was very hard. And I came back home to a, a really loving ward that helped. Uh, yeah. I guess I, like I said, I think my mission is where my conversion story really is. Cause it was just really difficult. How long were you out the second time? Uh, about three weeks as well. So yeah, about half a yeah. chance for both times. So I want to talk about this a little bit because we've had uh, people like Kristen Reber who came home um, uh, earlier than expected from her mission and now has a podcast uh, that only interviews missionaries who who have come home earlier than expected. And I love the phrase earlier than expected because that's what the mission call says. It says, it is expected you will serve for whatever. It doesn't say you will. It's not a patriarchal blessing. There's no, you know, it just says this is the expected amount of time. Um, and, and one of the things that it was interesting talking to Kristen about, and we've had multiple other guests, what is helpful for people to say? I think a lot of times people in wards, when they see someone who's home after a few weeks, a few months, whatever it is, they're not sure exactly what to say. What was helpful for you? And then what was unhelpful? Yeah, for for me, what was helpful was more of their actions. I can't think of anything specific that anyone said to me, but just that their words emphasized that they, my ward still loved me and cared for me in the ward. I really went back into the ward both times without feeling like anybody had any looming judgment over me. I went back into my same class and felt like I had the same rank. Like there was no, there was no amount of, Oh, he came home early and um, now he's lower in the class or anything like that. So I don't, I can't think of anything specific that they said, but it was a lot of their actions and just acting as if my mission never happened almost. Um, or mm. they would even ask about ex- the good experiences that I had. Cause there were still good things. I still had wonderful experiences teaching people and they just helped me find the good things out of my mission and helped me get over the hard things that were about it. Yeah. When I was, when I was 17, I went to Europe for two weeks, changed my life. Like three weeks is a long time in your life when you're doing something that intense, that is a life changing experience. And so I love that people talk to you about the positive that did happen. And, you know, when we know people who go somewhere important in their lives for a few weeks, we have tons of questions about the good of it. So I think that's wonderful. So you get folded back into your ward. Did you know after you came back the second time, Hey, I'm not going back out. This was, this was it. Yeah, I was, I was confident the second time that it would take some miracle or some crazy amount of revelation or a vision or something for me to go back out the third time. I was pretty done with it at that point and yeah. just tried to focus on getting myself to a better place. And my Bishop helped me learn a lot about relying on the Lord to get there and help cross that bridge. I think we see a lot of times that this happens where, you know, and it's happened in my life where you feel like something's resolved. You feel like you've moved on from something and then something traumatic can stir that up and, and I, gosh, I think that's got to be just what a blessing to, to be able to kind of work through these things and deal with them. So that's awesome. So then uh, what, what came next for you in your life? 
Yeah, after my mission, it was a lot of like smooth, smooth going YSA years and good old YSA wards. My friends came home from their missions. We just had a great time going to college and playing basketball and everything. And then, like you mentioned, I had did some stuff with the Institute and yeah. at Weber State. And that's kind of how we met. But my friends at all came back and we were having just some great years. That's great. Uh, what did you study at uh, Weber State? I'm a PR and advertising major. It's a communications major, but focused on yeah. PR. Yeah, fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how how uh, you and I got to know each other first. Then I want to talk about you meeting your wife, because that's a, that's a great story also. Yeah, that's a fun one. So So tell us a little bit about how you and I first connected. So you and I, the first time we met was... Yeah, it was at a New Year's Eve party, uh, I believe New Year's yeah. 2020. So, yeah. Yeah. Little right did we know what was about yeah, to happen. <laughs> it seems so far away. Um, yeah, yeah, we met at a New Year's party and you were there do, putting on a comedy show and it was great. And I remembered I, once I saw you were going to be there, I told my friend, I was like, we have to go watch the show and I have to go say hi to him. Like nothing will stop me. So yeah, then we went well, up there and I said Because we had connected before that. Uh, oh yeah, with a with a message that is actually going to resonate with our audience now. We had done the Christmas episode, mm-hmm. and I had asked our listeners for stories, and I remembered yours so well because you submitted what Christmas meant to you and how much more Christmas means to you now as a member from before. Mm-hmm. What prompted yeah. you to want to share that? Well, um, I you had asked, and I knew that. Christmas had taken a special place in my heart and that it's not often that we get to know what it's like on the other side of the church, especially because there are so many people that are many generation members. And I just, I like my story because I grew up in Utah with the church around me, but not in the church really at all. So I just felt, I felt inspired to share that being in the church means a lot, especially surrounding Christmas because it's such a big deal. Christ is. That's awesome. And I was so touched by your letter. Like I was like, this is what I was hoping to get, you know, this kind of, your letter was very raw and very, you know, I just, I don't know why I got very emotional when I read it and felt a connection. So then, yeah, fast forward, I got, uh, I got hired to do comedy at my gosh, that new year's Eve thing was, that was amazing. Five YSA stakes or something like that. Yeah, A lot of people there. There were over a thousand YSAs there. They had a big dance floor, and uh, and actually, I got pulled into that from uh, Brad Barton, mm-hmm. uh, who was performing. Brad Brad is a past guest of this show. He's a magician. He was performing, and and uh, he called up and said, "Hey, they need a they need another performer." And then you and I ended up connecting there that night, which was yeah. really fun. Once I saw you were both there, I was like, wow, this is the Latter-day Life special. I'm going to get me two people that have been on the show. So that was pretty cool. So then this takes us to, uh, let's talk about your wife. Yeah. So between our New Year's and the second time we meet, I met my wife on Mutual. So she messaged, I had a motorcycle and that's what reeled her in. She had messaged me saying, asking me when she could take a ride on my motorcycle, but it was winter. So I used it as a chance to tell her a little later down the road. So we went on one date and it's a funny story that we won't encourage our kids to do, but I kissed her on the first date, which we still <laughs> laugh at and have no idea 
where it came from or why I did it. Cause that just isn't me. So we went on our first date and within a month we knew we wanted to get married and we started dating in February and by April we were engaged. So my gosh, that was a fast, fast mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. Tell us a little bit about your wife. Yeah, she's amazing. She just graduated from Utah State and wants to become a PA. And her family's huge and in the church, so I get to experience all that fun stuff about having a big church family now. And she's just amazing, and I love her a lot. And I'm sure she's going to like listening to this part of the podcast because I've gotten her hooked on it now, too. <laughs> so if I any chance I have to brag about her is a, a great chance, but she's just amazing and wonderful and everything I need in my life. Well, that is awesome. Tell us her name. Rebecca. Very cool. And she's from Utah? She's from Canada, actually, from Ah. the Utah of Canada, she calls it. (laughs) And that, yeah, that's actually true. There are a lot of members of the church up there. So very cool. Um, All right. And so then this takes us to specifically uh, what we want to share with with our listeners, which is uh, our paths crossed yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that you wanted a social media manager, and I was like, that has my name all over it. And I put in, sent you an email with my information and what I've done, and here we are. Yeah. So I would say Skylar and I were definitely meant to be in each other's lives, which I <laughs> count as a huge blessing for us to continue to cross paths. And uh, so we've actually already had some cool new social media. I'm terrible at social media. I don't know really how to do it. I don't know what's good about it. I've had some of our listeners bug me like, hey, why don't you do more on social media other than just announce the guest? And sometimes I don't even get that out. And you've already taken to posting some uh, some audio clips and some other things. And and I'm just so grateful for you, Skylar. I'm, I'm thankful that uh, that you're willing to take this on. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. So if everyone listening can share with their friends and stuff on social media so we can build a community there. Um I was once you announced that there was going to be a social media position, I was super excited about it and super excited for the opportunity because our paths keep crossing somehow. I told my wife and I was like I have to apply for this. And then once you said, "Hey, let's do an introduction episode about you on the podcast." I was like, "Oh, all my dreams are coming true." Because I remember <laughs> years ago when I started listening to the podcast, I was like, oh man, I need to do something famous or cool or just something so I can get on the podcast. So here we are. <laughs> well, I I just think you're the best, Skylar. I'm very grateful that that you agreed to come on board. And now we've got our uh, producer, we have a uh, social media manager. And I'll tell you one of the cool things, and it's like this stuff just doesn't dawn on me. You had posted, because we've been on vacation, uh, you know, you had posted, hey, uh, you know, what's a, what's a past, a recent episode you enjoyed. And I went, Oh, what a cool idea. And then people really responded. People actually chimed in and shared what they thought and what a blessing that was to get to see it all. So. Yeah. And that's where our one with the audio just barely came from one of the episodes, one of the comments liked. So if you have stuff you want to hear about, I'll go back and find clips. Just let, let me know through comments and things like that. We'll get things posted and follow-ups on past guests. Yeah, that's it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful ride. Well, super happy to have you on board, Skylar. What's next? You, you're going to finish school. When will you finish school? So I'll be graduating from school in this fall, coming fall. So this is my last semester. I only got two classes. So super excited for that. And then my wife's applying to PA school, and hopefully she gets in there. And that's 
going to be a journey. <laughs> is the plan to stick around in Utah? Yeah, you, she's applied to just Utah schools at first, but if she doesn't get in, she'll go elsewhere. And we're open to moving outside the state, which is definitely will be very different for both of us because I've only ever lived in this Ogden area. Yeah, exciting times. I think the Lord has tremendous things in store for you and and uh, your wife. And Skylar, you're, you're really motivating. The fact that you were able to follow the Lord and, and do the right things is just awesome. You know, as well as anybody, how we're going to uh, wrap things up today. And that is, uh, have you ever thought about this for yourself? I've, yes, I've had yeah, for years. <laughs> we, guests, guests who listen tell me that, almost all of them tell me that they've thought about what their answer would be. And yet, like an idiot, when I got asked by Nicoletti what my answer was, I, I had no idea. I had never thought about it. So I'm excited to hear for you. Uh, Skylar, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Yeah, I've been waiting for this question for like three or four years, so I'm glad I finally get my chance to answer it. Um, my The gospel to me means hope. Uh, Jesus Christ means hope to me because of those events that happened in my life right before I joined the church. It definitely felt hopeless. At my grandpa's funeral, I think I cried for like 20 or 30 minutes straight, and I don't know how in that moment I would have gotten through that. If I would have had Jesus Christ at that time, I would have seen the greater picture and the gospel and my friendships in the church and my wife and everything just means so much hope in a better world and a better life and in a better opportunity uh, because of all the great blessings were afforded. And I'm glad I've been a member for the church for five years and for the rest of my life because I know that there's there's nowhere else I'd rather spend my time and nothing else I'd rather do. And that it, it just brings great hope and joy to my life. Like I mentioned in my Christmas episode that everything is just more joyful and more meaningful when Christ is in our lives. Awesome. He is a student. He is a husband. He is the social media manager for the Latter-day Lives podcast. He's an all around good man. Skylar Fleming. Thanks for sharing your Latter-day life with us. We appreciate it. Thank you.